This episode contains depictions of violence that some may find triggering or disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Hey y'all, if you're in the U.S. like us, then you know Election Day is coming up November 3rd. It's important that every voice is heard. It's right around the corner, so make sure you're prepared to cast your vote and know your deadlines. Get registered, or check your registration status, and find the best ways to turn in your ballot. To get more information on voting, visit vote.org. Get, get out, out there, there and vote. And vote. <laughs> <laughs> Just vote, guys. Just do it. Just vote. mother is trying to call me she saw me she saw me get on facebook messenger oh my mom says she needs to ask me a favor are you there or this will be easier on the phone i'm going to call each one is a separate (laughs) thing (laughs) i love mom texts (laughs) i've tried so much be like mom just put everything all in one (laughs) what um, she, she thinks she could have COVID, but she oh, never leaves no. her house. So I don't know why. I think she's just well, eating bad food. <laughs> mm. Well, my mother, when she got a COVID test done before her foot surgery this summer, mm-hmm. she goes to get, get it done. Right. And then they, you know, stick the stuff up your nose to get the sample, whatever. And she comes back and she's like, I think they activated my COVID. And I'm like, what? She's like, I feel horrible. My sinuses, blah, blah. Like, I just think like they must have activated COVID that was already within me. And I'm like, mom, or maybe it's because they stuck a giant Q-tip up your literal sinuses. Yes. And she's like, well, yeah, but I feel like I have COVID. I'm like, have you had COVID before? She's like, I don't know. I just don't feel right. Have you had COVID I'm like, because they stuck I'm like, mom, that's not how it works. (laughs) I, when I had mine done, I was like, this is gross, but I was like, it smelled bad. And Graham's like, well, yeah, they like broke through your like. The membrane? No, no, something. I guess you, I guess you, you start smelling your own sinuses. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, wow. What difficulties. Um. An hour later after we try to start the episode, (laughs) we're starting it again. (laughs) I don't know what happened. This has never happened because it was first that like system overload where my audio stopped recording midway and then you froze and I thought I'm like, oh, she must have lost internet. But then I realized that I wasn't hearing myself in my headphones anymore. Oh. And I couldn't like the trackpad on my my macbook air Mm -hmm. like i couldn't even click down on it like the whole computer was frozen where i couldn't even click on anything or it was just completely like i tried to like close it and then open it again and it was still like frozen (laughs) and and i'm talking and i'm looking at you and i'm like oh she just really likes what i have to say she's into it 
And then I was like, <laughs> um, no, actually, finally, she Maria is moved. not interrupting me. God damn it. <laughs> Maria, are you okay? I, I like <laughs> sat and I stared at you for a little while before um, I said anything else. And I'm like, oh, okay. My <laughs> <laughs> <Not> bad. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So we're going to start this episode all over. It's going to be good. Yeah. Salem so, Witch Trials. Wow. We're here. Salem Witch Trials. You're in our Salem Witch Trials episode. We're doing... um. A back-to-back spooky. Last time was spooky. We've covered witch lore and then my true crime story. Um, and then we're doing witch Salem witch trials. Uh, Laura is covering the true crime and trials ac- mm-hmm. aspect of it, and then I'll be talking about the paranormal aspect of the it. Spooky aspect. So <laughs> spooky. I feel like. Because we lost our intro, now we have to make a new intro because we had our whole like catching up. Do you want to tell me again about your week in a lack surprise? <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. I can probably talk about something I didn't mention or something. I don't know. Um, Graham extended the the goat's little habitat. Oh, um, and then it was also recently your guys's anniversary. Oh yeah. How did that go? As if I just remembered. It was. We didn't really do much because it was on a Monday, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know. We got pizza. Fuck yeah. <laughs> we, we got pizza and salad and, like, cuddled in bed, and we watched Signs. And you told me that that was, like, a... to us and our relationship. Right. We watched is... that the first night. We... <laughs> <laughs> Did the room papa. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a new girl reference too isn't it make yes, with the room I, papa hey hey geppetto make the make with the room papa <laughs> gosh yeah and we lost it i was um i was all awkward in our previous recording like as of a few minutes ago and i said like i'm watching a lot of new girl i feel like i'm channeling nick lately whenever there's an awkward moment i've been moonwalking away from gavin um, and you didn't get it. <laughs> uh, I love yeah, that though so, when you I mean, can watch something so much that you like becomes a part of like who you are for a little while. It's a nice respite from all my off the office references. Um, so mm-hmm. you know, just trying to spice things up for our listeners. <laughs> Absolutely, I've been oscillating between Shit's Creek and Goodwitch. They're two very different feels oh. of a show. Oh my gosh, I need to watch. They just released the last season of Shit's Creek on Netflix, right? The sixth season yes, or something? Did. Oh my god, I have to... to cry. Oh shit. I have... You're gonna shit. Um, It's I... gonna be good crying. I am so excited slash sad um, that it's ending. But anyways, I love I that show. I bought it. Nice. I bought it like when it was airing. Mm-hmm. So I watched it like... A while ago. Nice. Oh, so good. I'm going to have to watch it. I'll, I'll start watching it soon. Um, yeah. But yes, I'm trying to think of if there's any housekeeping that we should mention to our listeners in this opening before we start getting into the nitty gritty of the Salem Witch Trials. Well, next week is Halloween. I mean, not actual Halloween, <laughs> but we're going to cover <laughs> Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> uh, the history and how you can celebrate um, according to the, how it originated, mm-hmm. Samhain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So that's next week. Yep. And then after that, I will be covering Dia de los Muertos. We've really kind of, I think, all of our, even though it's like spooky, spooky, witchy, witchy format just for this month. Um, spooky, spooky, witchy, witchy, spooky, spooky, witchy, 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 witchy. Just because it's it's like that. I think each of our episodes really kind of covers all of our topics. It's going to cover our yeah. spooky and our witchy stuff. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, looking forward to hearing the beginning part again about the Salem witch trials. I'll act surprised. Um, <laughs> and then. Or you can just be like, uh, I already know all this. Yeah. Hair flip, hair flip. There you go. Oh, yeah. I already know this, Laura. Why are you <laughs> telling me this? I'm really smart. Okay. <laughs> Anywho, Salem. Salem. And we're not talking Did about you know? Sabrina's cat. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? His name was Salem. Salem, Salem Saberhagen. Mm-hmm. No, we're talking about Salem, um, which this. Was this is a little fun fact? Uh, Salem Town and Salem Village were two different towns that were involved in this. Which I didn't. Salem, even Massachusetts, know. Mm-hmm. is Salem Town. Salem Village is now Danvers, Massachusetts. Just and so I have a you know. I have a question. Yeah. When? How old are you? Like when? When did you first learn about the Salem witch trials? The very first time. I don't remember. I was young. I know that mm-hmm. because um, my next door neighbor, I think I mentioned this the episode before, like she got me, she like snuck me to the theaters to watch the craft. And then we were like all about the craft. <laughs> but like she really instigated the like, I'm going to learn everything I can about witches. Right. So I know she was probably where I first like really heard about it. Um, and I remember watching the crucible but i don't remember how old i was i was pretty young Mm -hmm. so every every bit that i got was kind of like in chunks at different times and told in different ways cool yeah cool um yeah i i've always been so interested in the occult from a small Mm -hmm. age um can't tell you how many times i watched the little vampire remember that movie (laughs) was so adorable (laughs) I was obsessed with vampires after that. Um, Yeah. And always just like my parents can attest, like just from a very young age, I was always obsessed with ghost stories, even though I would be very scared and have to sleep with them for like three weeks um, in their bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I believe it was fifth or sixth grade. I think it was fifth um, in Mrs. Stortz's classroom that we had to do a report just on New England, I guess. Mm-hmm. forget but that's when i remember i went on to yahoo because that was the hot web browser at the time oh, yeah and yep. um just learning about the salem witch trials and the hysteria and it just seemed so eerie and creepy and fascinating and mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of like i think that's where the first time that i ever heard about it um i don't know that i ever learned about it in school i think my little lutheran school was like very oh you cut, went to a lutheran school? cut all this out yeah from like kindergarten to eighth grade because it was super close to our house oh interesting yeah mm-hmm. it was that was a thing i went to catholic school from fourth through eighth so that was during my catholic school years which mm-hmm. you know they were was that saint rose you said yeah i went to saint rose catholic um go eagles 
And um, <laughs> yeah, I I mean, not that I would expect them to be opposed for me covering the Salem witch trials because I think, you know, like they kind of would have expected if they wanted us to cover New England. I forget why we're right. studying that in history, but we just were probably just going over like all the European settlers in that time in, in history. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, man, I remember um, the, our librarian brought out like the, those library book carts. She brought it out to the front mm-hmm. of our classroom when we went out and it was just all these books that she had about generally New England. And I remember picking up this huge encyclopedia kind of looking thing. And it was the, no, it looked like an encyclopedia. It wasn't actually an encyclopedia, but it was titled like the Salem right. Witch Trials. And I'm like, well, that sounds really creepy. I'm into that. <laughs> and was again, it one of those books that they did like, it was like this company that made encyclopedias, but then they had all these other books on like a variety of subjects. Like in-depth dives on a yeah. particular subject. Probably. Because it really did look like an encyclopedia on the outside, but it was in mm-hmm. gilded Times New Roman letters that said, you know, the Salem witch trials, yada, yada. Right. And I'm like, well, I like the occult. This sounds interesting. And I remember <laughs> opening it up and I'm like, this is fucking dense for a fifth grader. <laughs> so I checked the book out and then told my mom I wanted to do this. And then my parents had to try to translate the very, he- like, adult, heavy worded, verbose. Oh, yeah you know, information for me. And then that's when I started like really diving into Yahoo and learning more of like the mm-hmm. dumbed down version so that my 11 year old mind could actually understand what happened. Right. But yeah, it's just this, um, I think is just something that like, you know, at least the U S over has like kind of captivated people's minds because it, it's, it is really eerie. Yeah. Just the whole phenomenon of this time and what happened to these, I don't want to just say women because I know that some men were accused as right. well, just these people. So I'm I'm excited to dig into it and revisit it now with my adult brain. <laughs> right. Well, not only just your adult brain, but with more information. I think over the years, they've yeah. just accumulated more and put it all together and got a better picture of right. what happened because... I'll I'll cover this at, towards the end of my bit, but you know, over the years there have been theories as to why this happened, and they're theories mm-hmm. that like I'm familiar with, but what they've kind of settled on is not what I always thought growing up. But it makes the most sense. Interesting. But I'll get to that. So, um, for anyone who is totally like unaware of the Salem witch trials. This is something that occurred in a two small little towns in Massachusetts in the Americas. Um, it occurred between like February 1692 to May 1693. Mm-hmm. Over 200 people were accused. 30 were found guilty. 19 were hanged. And at least five people died in jail. Um, and I don't think I said this the first time we recorded, but 1647 was actually the earliest recorded witchcraft execution um, in Hartford, Connecticut. In So not even in Massachusetts. And that's the earliest in the United States? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, European okay. witch trials were a thing for a while. <laughs> yes, yes. I knew that. But I was just wondering, like, 
or at least recorded like in Massachusetts or the U.S. The or U.S. Just the entirety of the Americas. Okay. Connecticut. Um, I don't know how you say her name. The uh, first name's spelled A L S E. Elsie. 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 Elsie Young. That was her name. Mm-hmm. Um, That's very English. The Ails and mm-hmm. the Ethels and. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh yeah. I guess to to dive in. Um. What? So first, I'm going to cover some context to the story, just so that you can really like mm-hmm. close your eyes and put yourself in a situation similar. And so the first, mm-hmm. I'm there. I'm closing. Yeah. Them. Let's, let's do, do a little it. bit of historical context. And I know you're you're going to like know all of this. So and this is like I know all of it now. So we're like understanding <laughs> pretty much where these people are coming from. Like why yeah. this shit? Yes, happens, because kind of yeah. We know, like, we're talking the Puritans, but, like, why were they Puritans? Why did they believe what they believed? And they were very kind of different from the rest of the people that were settled in the Americas at this point. They were their Mm -hmm. own little people. They kind of lived in their own little bubble, too. Like, the way that they built their societies, they were kind of really self-isolated from... Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So... To begin with, um, I'm going to touch on King Henry VIII, which was 1500s. I did not write the specific mm-hmm. year. I cannot, for the life of me, remember the year. Uh, mm-hmm. He's famous for having... Being a fuckboy. Being a fuckboy, for marrying Anne Boleyn, <laughs> for having mm-hmm. her beheaded, marrying a bunch yep, of times. Yep. Um, but So basically, the Catholic Church kind of helped rule England with the king at this point in time. Mm-hmm. And um, a number of things happened. King Henry finally fucked a girl he wanted to marry and (laughs) wanted to get rid of his first wife, tried to get it annulled because the Catholic Church didn't believe in divorce. He tried to prove that she had slept with, um, I think it was his brother that she was married to first, but they never, they never did. But anyway, he tried to prove that and then that didn't work. And then he asked her, you know, could you just like leave me? And she said, no, I'm your wife. So he used the growing Protestant movement that was happening in England and created the Church of England mm-hmm. so that he could be like, fuck you, Catholic Church. I'm doing what I want. Um, he also did kind of realize that the Catholic Church was potentially swaying his decisions in their favor versus his own favor. Okay. So a number of things kind of led to that. So then he was able to marry. But mostly he just wanted a divorce and marry Anne Boleyn. Oh, yeah. And then he he killed her and married again and again and again. So when that happened, um, some of the English protestants like initially were kind of like stoked like hey like we're getting our way now but then they felt that the new church of england retained too much of the catholic church a lot was very Mm -hmm. similar it was still very flashy and a lot of um the traditions still carried over it just kind of had like a Mm -hmm. new name yeah so this is when we get the separatists movement and as you mentioned i think the Calvinists. Mm-hmm. So actually, yeah. I did have a note here, and I didn't mention it the first time. I was trying to talk like off the cuff, but I could just stick to my mm-hmm. notes for a second. Um, so the separatists were critical of the lax standards of public behavior, citing widespread drunkenness and the failure of many to keep the Sabbath properly. And they referred to themselves as the saints, 
and the separatists. Oh, very, um, very high horsey. Very much. <laughs> they believed that they had been elected by God for salvation, and that's where the Calvinism comes in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's for me, like, when I think of, like, those very bare bones, like, churches, like, nothing yes. flashy. Yeah. Like, you get you get a room and a pew and a wooden cup, and that's it. Very much. <laughs> Um, and they feared spiritual contamination if they worshipped with those outside of their congregations, who they often referred to as the strangers. Oh, wow. It's very kind of cultish. A little bit. The strangers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be a fun topic, like the history I of I mean, cults. the religion is valid. I'm not <laughs> saying that. But I think that's that would be totally something like a cult would call anyone outside their cult. Oh, yeah. To, like, further alienate. Every cult does have a name for people outside of their Mm -hmm. whatever it is. So, anyway. So, in 1608, about 400 Puritans, as they were calling themselves, moved to Holland because Holland was supposed to be much more tolerant and would allow them to practice their religion the way they wanted to. So, back Mm -hmm. it up just a teeny bit for a second. 1604, some English people had already um, moved to the Americas and established Jamestown. Jamestown was in England considered a, f- a failure because like 90 something percent of the people died because of starvation. Their crops failed, they had disease, and the indigenous people of the land were killing them off. So, not, not going their way. No, it's not going their way here. No, but despite that, <laughs> our Puritans still decided to sail there. But the reason why is I find super interesting because I didn't. I, d- I never learned this piece in school. And I have ancestors from the Mayflower. So the story I was told, they kind of left this little piece out. And I don't know why. If maybe this, mm-hmm. I don't know. So they moved to Holland. But Holland had been going through something called the 80 Years War from six, uh, 1568 to 1648. And this war is also known as the Dutch War of Independence. And it was with Spain. Mm, okay. During this war, they reached a point. Um, in 1609, where we, they made a truce, and it's called the 12-year truce because eh, it lasted 12 years. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So Puritans are living there. Everything's fine. They're happy. They're settled there. Um, and then the Dutch were like, well, we've got this truce going, but some shit's going down that makes us think that the Spanish are going to come back and this war is going to continue. And it did. hmm so they allied with England um, for help. But England had a condition. At this point, we have King James I. And he said, you have to outlaw um, the English people practicing their religion. Otherwise, we won't help you. So Holland needed their help. So they said, okay. They, so they gave the Puritans the boot. They did. I mean, not so much the boot, but like... If you want to practice what you practice, I'm sorry, but you have to leave, basically. Yes. So yeah. um, in 1620, the Puritans set sail for the Americas on the Mayflower to build a society based on their religious beliefs. So not necessarily religious freedom for all, but just theirs. They're, they were escaping religious persecution. Yeah. For their religion. Yeah. This was kind of spearheaded by William Bradford. And no, William Brewster, Bradford and Brewster, they were the two. There's a okay. They were the two men. Are they both Williams? Mm-hmm. I always got it. There's okay. two. and they're the ones that they're the ones that got everybody to like, hey, let's yeah try 
try going over to the Americas yep. and start over. Okay. And um, I'm only saying that now because I'm related to Wayne Brewster, so. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no big deal. I, like, grew up thinking that was a very big deal, and then I learned more, and I was like, oh, shit. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not special. Honestly, there's, there's, a lo- there's a lot of people that have you know ancestry like that. so it's many kind of, it is what it yeah is. well and a lot of people in america can probably trace themselves back to at least one person on the mayflower and usually if it's one person you see like similar names the further down you go because there there mm-hmm. weren't that many really intermarried yeah. a lot right yeah yeah um so that happened 1620 then england over the years continues to try to establish itself in america's it's england they must conquer And finally, in 1651, Virginia acknowledges the authority of English Parliament. Wasn't Virginia also the one that had the first asylum? Um, Yeah, homegirl. Virginia's just very like, we're going to be the first. Central. (laughs) We're the first at everything. First at this, first at that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. So more local context. So Puritans are living here. England's established like, we're here too, bitches. Eventually, they... (laughs) coexist and it's like okay you english are here we're still practicing our religion you can't tell us no and like that's allowed um Mm -hmm. but more specifically this is all happening in the massachusetts bay colony which was founded in 1628 so just eight years after the mayflower so fast forward now 1691 a new charter for the enlarged province of massachusetts bay was given final approval in england because they had to approve everything and this new charter was spearheaded by Increase Mather. Oh, my homeboy Increase. <laughs> oh, Increase. Weirdest names ever. Oh, very much. And he brought along with him in this, like, trying to get this charter started up, um, William Phipps. And Increase mm-hmm. claims to have picked all the men <laughs> can't. to be included in the new government. It's just, oh, do you I think I can't stop thinking about him? His little baby <laughs> oh penis God, was maybe really so small, and his dad's like, "Shit, increase." Do you increase, think like increase? His name is Increase, but he called his tiny peen decrease. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go now. <laughs> I'll increase let matters out. like you fucking bitches telling my story. <laughs> You know, you're talking about my Maybe name. that's why we had the technical difficulties. He's like, you bitch, I'm going to end this recording right here now. Uh, sorry, Increase, but you did what you did. Your name is what it is. Anyway. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. No, wait, wait. Tell, say the the other, like, weird Puritan names. Oh, the ones that I found in were, my like, other ones. Tree. There was Patience. Yeah, yeah, Patience, yeah. Prudence, and Wrestling. Wrestling! <laughs> There's other weird ones, but those are the ones that, like, Patience and Prudence was actually pretty, like, standard. Um, right, that one's, yeah. There's still people called that. I, I, I there's some, there's some doozies. There's an, um, Azuba. Oh. Azuba oh, DeWolf. That's very. That's a name. I love that name. <laughs> <laughs> Azuba DeWolf. Yeah. I, that's pretty badass. Yeah. There's, there's, so this is Increase, this is Patience, and I'm Azaba, <laughs> the wolf. Uh, don't forget wrestling. Yeah, because they would, like, name people things that they wanted to, like, embody. Yep. 
Like, I want my kid Mercy. to be prudent, so I'll call her Prudence. Mercy was another popular name. Like, mm-hmm. super popular. Um, so I want my kid to be a pro wrestler. So you're wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> he wrestled his way out of his mother's Amazing. womb. <laughs> hey, maybe <laughs> that might be why. Oh. Little fighter. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Anyway. Anyways, increase Mathers. He picked Mather. Mathers. Mather. He Mother. picked all okay. the new government. So he brought with him, remember, William Phipps. So the following year, Phipps was sworn yep. in as governor. And then William Stoughton mm-hmm. was sworn in as lieutenant governor, so like second in command. Mm-hmm. And their first order of business was the formal nomination of county justices of the peace, sheriffs, and the commons of a special court of Oyer and Terminer. So just setting up all the law and order. Yep. A little more context for like the Puritan's brain at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Disputes were very, very common. These people were fucking fighting all the time. They argued about property lines, grazing rights, church privileges, anything, anything. All these people with their patience and prudence. They I would love fight. a reality TV show of like, um, instead of like uh, the real wives or desperate housewives, it can be like. <laughs> Pious Puritans. <laughs> and you that just see all the hilarious. drama. Like a... Yeah. Okay. Idea. Like a mockumentary, like reality, non-reality TV show where you're just the Pur- Puritans being melodramatic and petty as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then like it escalates real quick into the Salem witch trials. Well, remember that guy? I think you posted that TikTok of the guy that he dressed up as the Puritan and he's like... I, so we went to the woods and like Tituba <laughs> was there and we're like, is that Tituba with the devil? <laughs> exactly like that. I want that. I want to, and I want that guy and I want him to play every single role. <laughs> <laughs> I got to find him again. I bet you he did more. Oh my he God. He just kept showing, amazing. like I wasn't following him. He just kept showing up and I was like, I showed that to my mom and we were both in stitches. Like... <laughs> Oh, that'd be perfect. I just love when he like talks about like how they're bored and they're like, so we're like braiding each other's hair, but like we're bored because like there's only so many ways to braid hair. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Like, again, I think that's going to come like at the end of my thing of like, Mm, okay, okay, okay. a little bit like (laughs) not play a part. (laughs) So neighbors of Salem Town and Salem Village considered this population just quarrelsome they kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> like those guys are real weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so the puritans this is important to note they believed that women were inherently sinful and more susceptible to damnation than men were and yet at the same time they believed that men and women were equal in the eyes of god but not in the eyes of the devil Mm-hmm. And yeah, okay. <laughs> yes, women's souls were also seen as unprotected in their weak and vulnerable little bodies because they're just like so emotional. Yeah, weak. I whatever. I love that little fact though of like women of um men will often be like when women are on their periods they're at like their most they're like the most emotional, but like the hormone that causes that is testosterone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. it's a little telling. It's a little telling. So anyway, anyway, 
quarrels with neighbors were uh, often incited witchcraft allegations. So arguing can only go so far in Puritan life until you reach the point of, oh, yeah, well, you're a fucking witch. So that was like the equivalent of like. She's a witch. You know what? Your mama. (laughs) Your mama and your witch. (laughs) This is also important. The women that were targeted often were unmarried or they didn't have kids or first they just didn't fit in to Puritan life in some way. Oh, yeah, of course, they were the misfits or people, the people that the people didn't like. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So then we get to the ministers of Salem Village because they had issues. At first, they had James Bailey. That didn't work out. George Burroughs, who we actually will come back to. Um, mm-hmm. They each only stayed a few years, if that. Um, because the congregation fade, failed to pay them their full rate. So mm. if you had a minister in town, everyone had to pay him um, to be there. That's like where your taxes would go towards? Yeah. Um, though okay. I don't know that it was taxes so much as just like you pay. Taxes yeah. were a little okay. bit different then, I think. Okay. Um, Interesting. Mm-hmm. So then they had a third minister... And he left because Salem refused to ordain him. I don't know what the story is there. The fourth minister was Samuel Paris, and he became Mm -hmm. their first ordained minister. Fourth time's the charm. Right? And even still, (laughs) they disagreed with having him as their minister, but eventually agreed to pay. Um, He was asking 66 pounds annually. Which Which back then was probably like a ton. Yeah. Like I think it was living like really good. comfortably. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I'm gonna come back to Samuel in a second, but first we have to go back to 1688 for a quick second to the Goodwin family. Um, this happened in Boston, so not in Salem, but it was a, a one another one of the first incidences of witchcraft allegations. Mm-hmm. So the Goodwin family, they had six kids, four of them started to show um, they had strange fits. They had neck and back pains, tongues being drawn from their throats, loud random outcries, and no control over their bodies. They would just contort. Excuse you. Domino wants attention. Your dad's asleep, isn't he? Anyway, they were having issues. And Mm -hmm. this resulted in the accusation, trial, and execution of their Irish washerwoman, Anne Glover, also known as Goody Glover, um, Mm -hmm. because obviously she was a witch. She was described as a disagreeable woman. Well, her fucking husband described her as a witch. Not a lot of help, hubby. Not so much. Yeah. So. um, I mean, hey, she could have been. She could have been. But it sounds like she just, like, also conveniently fit that stereotypical witch. Yeah. Like, thing that we described back in our last episode. So, the minister who kind of was, like, there to, like, see it all was Cotton Mather, son of Increase Mather. And he wrote a book about it called Memorable Providences Relating to Witchcrafts and Possessions. And he wrote that he believed that the eldest child had been tempted by the devil and stole linen from the mm-hmm. washerwoman. And this led to her casting spells on the girls. Because she really loves her linens. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Makes total sense, bro. <laughs> 
All right. <laughs> so that's that little piece. Cotton's coming back in. So now we're going to go back to Samuel okay. Paris. So between 1688, 1691, wait, 1688? When was Sam Samuel Paris? Yeah, it was around there. Okay. So he came in, but he actually had, um, there was a little delay in him accepting the position. I think he kind of was unsure. Mm-hmm. They didn't like that. Okay. They felt that he was unable to resolve their disputes. And there were disputes over his compensation, which they had agreed to. So, <laughs> change uh-huh. their minds. Okay. they These people really do love their disputes. They really do. And in October of 1691, the town decided to stop paying his wages. Their issue with him was uh, further antagonized by his perceived arrogance when he purchased gold candlesticks for the meeting house and new vessels for the sacraments. Right. Again, these are humble folks. Yeah. No flashy business. They don't like that flashy nope, stuff. Nope, nope. Mm-hmm. So now we get into the nitty gritty of it. <clears throat> the very beginning of the accusations. So uh, January of 1692, Betty Paris daughter of Samuel Paris and her cousin Abigail Williams, they are 9 and 11, they begin to have fits. Mm -hmm. They scream, throw things around the room, they utter strange sounds, they crawled under furniture, they contorted themselves into peculiar positions, and according to eyewitnesses... Oh, no, that's not and according. That's just according to an eyewitness. (laughs) The -hmm. girls also complained of being um, pinched and pricked with pins. So mm-hmm. then we get to mid-February. Um, we don't know for sure that it was Dr. Griggs, but they're pretty sure this guy's name was Dr. Griggs. He came to attend okay. to them and found no physical evidence of any ailments and became the very first to suggest that witchcraft may be the cause. Oh. So I think I said this before. If only they'd gotten, if only they'd gotten a different doctor. Someone a little bit smarter, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Can you imagine if someone was like, came in it's like um they might have see a seizure like mm-hmm. condition or something or these are just this is what's called a tantrum exactly <laughs> your kids are throwing tantrums um pay no mind to it you'll be fine <laughs> it's cool peace out <laughs> but during this two more girls begin exhibiting behaviors Anne putnam and elizabeth hubbard so towards the end of february the uh, neighbor of the Paris family, Mary Sibley, instructs John Indian, the husband of Tituba, who was an enslaved person mm-hmm. owned by Samuel Paris, to make a witch cake of rye meal and the girl's urine to feed to a dog in order to <laughs> discover who is bewitching the girls. Gross. Now, someone just randomly out of nowhere suggests this. You're going to call it out, right? We're already talking witchcraft. Suggest what? Like... Why are you suggesting we feed a dog pee? So Reverend Paris was like, Mary Sibley, what the fuck? Right. Why are you suggesting this? Mm -hmm. She expressed regret um, in front of the congregation and they were like, okay, no big deal. So she ended up being fine. She wasn't accused, which is still weird to me. Um, Okay. But under pressure by ministers and town folk, Betty Paris accused Tichiba and later Sarah Osborne and Sarah Good of witchcraft now of these these three women sarah osborne she rarely attended church meetings and had remarried 
to her indentured servant, which the town did not approve of. They also disapproved of her controlling her son's inheritance from her first husband. Maybe that was mm-hmm. a good thing. I kind of remember that mm-hmm. detail. Yeah. Sarah Good was a destitute woman who apparently tormented and scorned children. She's grumpy, grumpy old, old lady, lady. But remember, we're going to touch on Dorothy Good, who's her four-year-old daughter. So I don't think she was an old lady. Oh, yeah. she was just grumpy then. Maybe she just... Yeah, she could have just Maybe been a just mean didn't woman. didn't like the kids who, I don't know, were accusing people of being witches. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she saw through their tantrums. No, it's because <laughs> she is a witch. <laughs> I'm going to go with the first one. Well, and finally, we have Tichuba, who is most... We don't know for sure where she was from. Most people are in the consensus of she was probably from the West Indies. And so it was probably because right. of her ethnicity that she was accused. And she might also just practice a different yeah. kind of religion, too. She's exactly. She's from the West Indies. Because, um, I mean, they had, like, the, the blend of um, African religions and gods and then the mix with Christianity and all that. And so it's like, who knows? Maybe they just, like, she was doing her own thing yeah. and people did not like that. So... Based on formal complaints, magistrates John Hawthorne and Jonathan Corwin issue warrants to arrest the three women, and um, they interrogate them over the course of several days. Finally, Tichuba confesses to afflicting and confirms Sarah Good and Sarah Osborne as her co-conspirators. March 11th, Anne Putnam shows symptoms of affliction by witchcraft, and Mercy Lewis, Mary Walcott, and Mary Warren later um, alleged affliction as well. And I think I said before, I think this part is, if you're familiar with the movie The Crucible, I think this is where mm-hmm. they kind of pulled it from. So <clears throat> then Anne Putnam accuses Martha Corey of witchcraft. And some people think that this could have been Anne Putnam. Her family had feuds with other families, like was common. And that could have been what fueled her in this but martha Corey okay. had expressed skepticism about the credibility of the girl's accusations so that was actually probably another factor in her getting accused that she was like well, i don't know mm-hmm. about this you guys um abigail williams then accused rebecca nurse as a witch and this troubled people because both rebecca nurse and martha Corey were considered model citizens Oh, so now it's, like, starting to get out of hand. It's getting out of hand. And these fucking Puritans, instead of being like, no, these are really good people, you guys, I I think they're being wrongly accused. They were like, oh, well, if they can, if they might be witches, then anyone might be a witch. Yikes. <laughs> Not that smart. Commence the hysteria. <laughs> exactly. Market, <laughs> March 1692. Hysteria. Mm-hmm. So then magistrates Hawthorne and Corwin examine Martha Corey, and then um, Salem Marshal Deputy Samuel Brab- Brabrook, that's a fucking name, um, <laughs> arrests <laughs> four-year-old Dorothy Good, who is the youngest Aww. to be accused. She's a baby. Yep. A very much a baby. They examine Rebecca Nurse and Dorothy Good, and then they question Dorothy Good, who is now in jail. And her answers are construed as a confession that implicates her mother, Sarah Good. Now, Sarah Cloyce, after defending her sister, Elizabeth Nurse, is accused of witchcraft. 
Elizabeth Proctor is also accused Jeez. of witchcraft. Sarah Cloyce and Elizabeth Proctor are examined by deputy governor and members of the council. And during this, John Proctor, Elizabeth's husband, begins to object. He's trying to stand up for his wife and um, mm-hmm. clearly means he's doing witchcraft and he's then jailed. Amazing justice system going on yes. here. Now, the Proctor's servant and accuser, Mary Warren, mm-hmm. admits to lying and accuses the other girls of lying is kind of important so at this point she says it she's I like, lied and the other girls are lying about I, it too so but then they're like all right we're in too deep no <laughs> huh? we're past the point of no return said, what? i can't i can't hear you <laughs> then ann putnam accuses giles giles or giles i've heard it pronounced both giles Corey. we'll go with that of witchcraft and alleges that a man who died at Corey's house also haunts her. Ann Putnam's on a fucking roll here. She really is. <laughs> She's like, I'm tr- I'm going to be Queen Bee if it'll be the end of me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's going for it. So then in April, Abigail Hobbs, Bridget Bishop, Giles Corey, and Mary Warren are all examined. Deliverance Hobbs confesses to practicing witchcraft, which this is my little fun bit. That book that I mentioned, the Physic Book of Deliverance mm-hmm. Dane, is actually based on mm-hmm. on um, Deliverance Hobbs. Oh, okay. Because then the next book is awesome. called The Daughters of Temperance Hobbs, which is like okay. her bloodline. Just fun little fact. So she confesses to practicing witchcraft. Then Mary Warren, who admitted mm. to lying under pressure and accused now of witchcraft herself... <laughs> reverses her statement mm-hmm. made in early April and rejoins the accusers. So she admitted to lying and then was like, fuck it, I take it back. Um, I wasn't lying. Because that didn't fit what they were trying to do. So made her take it back. Jesus Christ. Yep. So then Mary Eastie, who defended her sister Rebecca Nurse, is examined by Hawthorne and Corwin. They also examined Nehemiah Abbott, Sarah Wilds, William and Deliverance Hobbs, Edward and Sarah Bishop, Mary Eastie, Mary Black, and Mary English. Bunch of people. Nehemiah so was people. released because his accusers agreed he was not the person who Spectre had afflicted them. And then Mary Eastie was released for a few days because the accusers failed to confirm that she was the one that afflicted them. But then she was arrested again when the accusers reconsidered. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. These people are all over the place. These are the most indecisive, petty, melodramatic people right? I've ever heard and of. And this is where I was like, you know, I could probably take out, like, bits and pieces of this. But then I was like, but no, because then you miss the whole picture of, like, how just crazy these people were and how they. This is <laughs> passed out of hand. This is like, this is. I. I I, I'm 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 honestly like speechless. This is like ridiculous. <laughs> it's like I've always known that the Salem witch trials were like this. Yeah, but just like rehearing, just like the back and forth and this and that, and then it's just like basic like justice, like judicial. Like if if the, if there's a bunch of inconsistent stories, like at this point, everyone is biased. Like there's no unbiased nothing. Oh yeah. Totally. It's all messed up. This is where George Burroughs comes back in, the former minister. Several girls accuse him of witchcraft, so he obviously he's brought in and he's examined. 
Um, and he's moved to what a does Boston it mean when jail. They, when you say examined, is it like interrogated or basically? It's okay. basically interrogation. That's how they did I'm, it. Every time you say it, I'm thinking of like when they're looking for the teats. Right. I think that was probably part of it. Um, mm. But here's the thing. George Burroughs was actually arrested in Maine. And he was brought back to Salem and jailed. And then he was moved to a Boston jail. Like, um, they went out me, of their way. Out of your jurisdiction. <laughs> they went way out of their way. Jeez. Um, so and then there's a number of people that were brought in and accused and blah, blah, blah. So May, the middle of May, um, Sarah Osborne becomes the first person to die, and she dies in prison. So she hasn't oh, even been tried. Just from, like, she the harsh con- conditions, mm-hmm. right? Now, <clears throat> May 14th, the Reverend Increase Mather, Mather and Sir William Phipps, we remember these guys, right? the newly Mm -hmm. appointed governor of the colony, they arrive in Boston. They bring with them the new charter. So this is when the new charter comes into play that they were working on. Okay. Then we have a couple of people. Mary Eastie is released from prison following protests by her accusers. She's rearrested. Roller coaster. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) And then uh, another man, Roger... Roger Toothacre is also arrested on charges of witchcraft. Now, everything up to this point was investigative. Mm-hmm. They're just looking into it. They're not doing anything about it yet, except, like, jailing people. That's the most they can do. This is when Governor William Phipps issues a commission for a court of Oyer and Terminer and appoints as judges mm-hmm. John Hawthorne, which he's already been involved, Nathaniel Staltonstall, Bartholomew Gedney, Peter Sargent, Samuel Seawall, Wait Still Withrop, weird name, and Lieutenant Governor William All Stoughton. All men. Yeah. Wait Still Winthrop. <laughs> yep. So end of May, warrants were issued Damn. for 36 more people. And of these two people, there's John Alden and I think was it Mary English? I just wrote the last name here. They escape from prison and do not return. <laughs> nice. Lucky. Good guys. for you. <laughs> and when the court of Oyer and Terminer convened at the end of May, the total number of people in custody was sixty-two. Damn. I bet their jailhouse wasn't big enough for that. That's I think there were a couple jailhouses that were used. Okay. Salem Village and Salem Town. Okay. Um <clears throat> now, if you remember, Increase Mathers played a key part in setting up the government that's going to be prosecuting these mm-hmm. cases. He obtained the charter and claimed to have handpicked everybody. His son, Cotton, will also be playing a bigger part in everything. In fact, he wrote a note to one of the judges saying he supported the prosecutions, but also cautioned him, suggesting that they can't rely on just spectral evidence, which is essentially like... um. Wow, finally some sort of common sense entering into this. Because that's what they use. Mm -hmm. Well, because Satan can be tricky. So maybe some of these visions were planted by the... Yeah. It's just a little weird. So anyway, now we get to the trials. So these were some of the key points that they'd have to hit. For something to go to trial. So after someone concluded that a loss, illness, or death had been caused by witchcraft, the accuser entered a complaint against the alleged witch with the local magistrates. If the complaint was deemed credible, the magistrates had the person arrested and brought in for public examination, essentially an interrogation. 
And if the local magistrates were satisfied that the complaint was well-founded, the prisoner was handed over to be dealt with by a superior court. The next step was to summon witnesses before a grand jury. And a person could be charged with afflicting witchcraft or for making an unlawful covenant with the devil. Can you fucking imagine if that was Yikes. still a thing that we <laughs> did? <laughs> Mm-hmm. So June is when the trials started. Um, Brid- Bridget Bishop is the first to be formally indicted, tried, and convicted of witchcraft. She was described as not living a Puritan lifestyle because she wore black clothing and odd costumes, whatever that means. And they even mention her. Didn't they all wear black and white clothing, though? Right. Was that just me? I There were probably like some dark colors, but yeah, oh. all black, I oh, okay. guess. I, I don't know. Can't have that. Um, not her little white collar. She was the, um, I had a word in my head. Proto-goth. <laughs> she was just proto- she was just- Yeah, she was goth. She was goth and immoral, so. Wow. She was sentenced to death. So June 10th, British bishop is hanged at Gallows. Fashion Hill. police much? Now, at this point- the this court. bitch thinks that she can just pull off all black. <laughs> she has another thing coming. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> so after she's hanged, the court adjourned for 20 days um, while it sought advice from New England's most mm-hmm. influential ministers, as they put it. And their collective response came back June 15th. So five days later or five days after she was hanged. Those dates don't make sense, but that's what it said. Anyway, they got a note composed Mm -hmm. by none other than Cotton Mather. And he essentially said, we feel bad for them. They need help. But let's be careful because Satan's tricky. (laughs) That's, yeah. And Major um, Nathaniel Staltonstall, who was one of the people that was put into the courts, he resigned from court a day after getting the letter because he was dissatisfied that they hadn't outright banned okay. the admission of spectral evidence. Mm-hmm. So, kind of smart. So then, um, we have the next person Toothaker? who dies in jail, Roger Toothaker. Sarah Good is tried and found guilty. Toothaker. <laughs> um, Susanna Martin and Rebecca Nurse are tried and found guilty. Elizabeth Howe is tried and found guilty, which it's her descendant Catherine uh, Howe that writes the book cool. the deliver the physic book of deliverance day it's very cool um sarah wilds is tried and found guilty um sarah good sarah susanna martin rebecca nurse elizabeth howe and sarah wilds are all executed um by hanging at gallows hill mm-hmm. more people are tried and found guilty um let's see if i can get to someone who wasn't oh elizabeth proctor was temporarily spared because she was pregnant um, tried found guilty, tried and found guilty. Everyone's guilty. Everyone's guilty. Sentenced to hanging. Um, Abigail Faulkner is given a temporary stay because she is pregnant. There were some people who pled guilty to the mm-hmm. charges and were awaiting sentencing. And then yeah. this Giles Corey, you remember him? He refused to agree to plead at arraignment and was killed by Pen Forte et Dieu which is a form of torture in which the subject is pressed beneath an increasingly heavy yeah. load of stones in an attempt to make him enter a plea. Lovely. Okay. Um, for some reason, 
some minister's petition to allow someone named Dorcas Whore. I am so sorry. <laughs> the, the most, these names just, oh my God. Dorcas. <laughs> I know. They, for some reason, they wanted to give her time to repent. I don't know why. More people are hanged. Mary Bradbury escapes. Um, at this point, October, now increased Mather denounces oh, the now. use of spectral okay. evidence. So he's kind of coming to the light. October 6th, eight children in custody are released on a 2,500-pound bail. And this is where I did do the math as best as historically mm-hmm. possible for, like, inflation and all of that. So that would be roughly two hundred and thirty-four thousand six hundred and forty. For all those eight children, or for each in today's money. Oh, that's still a lot. I didn't just, say. Just let the kiddos go. I know. I know. So this is mm-hmm. where some light starts to shine in a little bit. Governor Phipps writes to the Privy Council of King William and Queen Mary, stating that he has stopped the proceedings. And referring to what danger some of their innocent subjects might be exposed to if the evidence of the afflicted person only did prevail. Blah, 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 old English, blah. old English. Um, <laughs> Puritan talk. Yeah. <laughs> and then he prohibited further arrests, released many of the accused from prison, and dissolved the court of Oyer and Terminer. At this point, the October 29th, Maybe this should be like a celebration. I don't know. There were no nice. more executions after this. Just in time for Halloween. He like something happened. Yep. And then December, an act is passed for the establishment of a superior court of. <laughs> I want to say. <laughs> oh, are you serious? Because that's what it looks like. <laughs> and some something something to convene in January to prosecute the remaining people in custody. So at this point. They try more people, but now they're being found not guilty. Um, I'm trying to see. I think someone was found guilty. Elizabeth Johnson Jr. was found guilty. Uh, Mary Post was found guilty. So a couple mm-hmm. people were still found guilty, but they weren't executed for it. This poor girl, Lydia Dustin, she was found not guilty, but they couldn't release her because Aww. she was unable to pay her jailer's fees. And then, um, like, two days later, or no, not two days later, a month yeah. later, she dies in Because the custody. conditions were really, Even though really, she's like, harsh in the jails. Like. Oh, you guys yeah. Very much so. <laughs> I like the hand. I love that she always, like, go, she go. always, like, freezes, and I'm, like, I'm busy. and she just stays there. And I'm like, I have to like kind of dismiss her. Like, it's okay. You just, you just all you have to do is back up, close the door. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. the trials have ended at this point. 1697, the general court declared a day of contrition, contrition for the hysteria and false accusations for which there was fasting and prayers for forgiveness. Um, Abigail Faulkner in 1700 requests that the general court um, reverse I, um, the attainer on her name. My brain is in such a gutter. Faulkner, barely know her. <laughs> Faulkner. 
1706, Anne Putnam, fucking little bitch, stands before her church and offers an apology. For too her little, heart too in the late. Witch trials. <laughs> little bit. Um, people call for justice. For years afterwards, even a Quaker criticized the trials, saying it were better that 100 witches should live than that one mm-hmm. person be put to death for a witch. Which is um, which is not a witch. Which is not a witch. Which witch is not yeah, a witch? He should live that one person be put to death for a witch, which is not a witch. Yeah, he a Quaker. Quakers were another very like very kind of similar, right? Mm-hmm. Not like the same as Puritans, but yeah. But this one was very like this was. This I was love Quakers. Insane, you guys. Honestly, I <laughs> he had an opinion. I have a soft spot for Quakers. They're very kind of. I feel like they're a little more um not more compassionate. I think just think. They are compassionate in a lot of their ways. Mm-hmm. Well, he made pamphlets. I forget how many, like a bunch of pamphlets. He was jailed for it, and then they let yeah, him go. Yeah, freedom of what, speech, what motherfucker. <laughs> um. So now, fast forward at the 300th anniversary events in 1992 to commemorate the victims of the trials. A park was dedicated in Salem and a memorial in Danvers. In November 2001, an act was passed by the Massachusetts legislature that exonerated five people, while another one passed in 1957 had previously exonerated six other victims. As of 2004, there were still talks about exonerating all the victims, though some think that already happened Mm -hmm. in the 19th century, um, as the Massachusetts legislature was asked to reverse the attainders of George Burroughs and others. In January 2016, the University of Virginia announced its Gallows Hill project team um, had determined the execution site in Salem, where the 19 uh, mm-hmm. so-called witches had been hanged. And then the city dedicated the Proctor's Ledge Memorial to the victims there in 2017. So not that long ago. Um, and so basically, people then want to know, like, what... What really happened? And there was talk for a long time about disease. Um, ergo poisoning was a big mm-hmm. thing for a long time. Um, is that? Which is like a... Uh, is that a fungus? Oh, like a, in like their drinking water or something? Oh, in their food? Crops. It's like creating food. this mass hysteria? Um, oh, and it can make people okay. hallucinate. Mm-hmm. So people were thinking that for a long time, but more recently people are going, no, these people were bored Mm -hmm. they didn't have much going on their religious beliefs led them to have these very Very rigid polarizing views on things yeah and um that they don't think there was anything external that led to all this that it was all just um mob mentality almost a little bit yeah yeah i mean hysteria is a thing it 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 essentially like i don't want to say they all had like a mental illness but it it something like if a psychologist had walked into town they maybe could have been like oh shit you guys <laughs> office hours are between 10 and 5 <laughs> <laughs> uh, y'all need to come see me so that's nowadays that's kind it's, of what it was more most of a psychological phenomenon that, no nothing okay yeah, that's yeah. what I think too, and that's what I've heard. Very bored, like these very bitches were naughty. just like so bored because like they went 
back on what they said over and over again. But for some reason, everyone felt like they just still needed to, like, follow through. Right. And there was no, like, much bigger body of government stepping in to be like, what the fuck are you guys doing? To, like, really put a stop to it. The only reason it did was because a couple people were like, um, you know, the wind in my sails have kind of gone. I think... I think we might have gone too <laughs> Maybe. far. So, yeah, those are in the shortest way a, I could put it. I think the you did a pretty, yeah, I think you did a pretty good job of because I know it's so dense just the amount of information just because of the amount of people that were accused and and each person had a story that mm-hmm. was hard for me to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not telling your story, I'm not telling your story. Yes, uh, let's just dedicate this episode to all those souls that were accused slash um, executed. Yeah. Um, so, Absolutely. at this point, I'll go into the paranormal portion. Yay! And I'm going to touch on, I think I gathered like five different sites in Salem that are haunted. Okay. Um, and I'm going to start with Jonathan Corwin's house. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, which is otherwise known as the Witch House. And mm-hmm. its address, I mean, it's like a popular kind of like tourist stop. Um, it, oh, God, everyone. It's been photographed so many times, and it's really become kind of like this photographic identifier of the city of Salem. It's at 310 mm-hmm. Essex Street. It's very like austere and looking, and it's like painted like black or like, black. I don't know if it's like a super, super dark navy. Or, it's just a very, very dark color, like yeah. near black. Um. So the last standing, it's the last standing structure with direct ties to the Salem witch trials and was home to Judge Jonathan Corwin. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to like, you know, remind everyone, he was the local magistrate that became central to the trials. Um, he took over when Judge Nathaniel Saltonstall resigned in protest over the trying and sentencing of Bridget Bishop to death. Mm hmm. Yep. Um, and instead of abating the hysteria and telling people, like, calm down, like, let's look at this logically, he actually added to it and he increased panic and he sent 18 more people to the gallows. He sure did. Bridget Bishop. He sure did. Look at him go. <laughs> um, so Corwin first acquired the structure from uh, Richard Davenport in 1675, although the building is probably like a couple decades older than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it stayed in Corwin's family until about the mid 1800s, after which it was pretty much just like forgotten and left alone, aside from being moved in the 1940s to make space for a wider street. So they literally like lifted up okay. the house and like right. nudged it over to widen the street. I fucking love that they can do that. I know. Oh my gosh. I was uh, driving through Healdsburg and I saw them doing that to like an old Victorian house. Mm-hmm. It was so wild to see. I'm like, that is a house. There's yeah. a house up in the air. You're just moving it. <laughs> Wild. Um, so, yeah. Um, it's now a museum um, in the McIntyre Historic District. And it was restored to its 17th century um, appearance and glory. Um, and it features guided and self-guided tours. So, you like, it's definitely right. a des- like a tourist destination if you're in Salem. 
uh, ghost hunters flock this building and it's um, considered the most haunted house in Salem and visitors regularly encounter cold spots, disembodied <laughs> voices, and experience the touch of spectral hands. He became what he was accusing other people of. Yeah. He, like, <laughs> really did. I mean, not a witch, but, like, paranormal shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next is my personal favorite, the Joshua Ward House. Mm-hmm. And this is a three-story federal-style brick house, and it's at 148 Washington Street and was built in 1784 by a retired sea captain, Joshua Ward. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the first um, structure made with brick. It includes oh. some of the oldest woodwork by local builder Samuel McIntyre, which I'm sure is who the his, McIntyre Historic District is called. I think he probably was a part of a lot of different buildings uh-huh. um, in the architecture of it. Uh, George Washington, our first president of the USA, even requested to stay in this home turned tavern and then it eventually became a hotel. However, mm-hmm. however, its foundation was um, laid upon Sheriff George Corwin's former homestead. Oh. So it's so built like on top family. of the former former home of Sheriff George Corwin. Okay. During the witch trials, Corwin was in charge of interrogating accused witches, as we learned, and he used a lot of, like, just the most gruesome methods of the era from hot pokers to the pressing stones, like how Giles Corey passed. Mm-hmm. Um, most infamously, he pressed Giles Corey to death, and he ref- uh, uh, Corey refused to plead guilty or not guilty, because that was, like, the whole reason of doing right. it. That wasn't like he was being executed. They were trying to get information out of him, and he died mm-hmm. pretty much. And then, whoops. Oh, well. Whoopsie. That last mm-hmm. stone. <laughs> the stone that broke the man's poor chest. Um. So after a yeah. sudden death, Corwin's body was temporarily interred beneath his home oh, due okay. to like the the it, he passed during the winter and the ground was frozen so they couldn't bury him. So um, and they were also kind of uh, fearful of people desecrating his grave because <laughs> he got such a bad rap well, about yeah. his part in the Salem witch trials. <laughs> so his dead body like laid like beneath the home for a while. Mm-hmm. Both Corwin and Giles Corey haunt the Joshua Ward house along with an angry raven-haired woman. Um I believe this uh building also at one point was a like an office building. Okay. Like different people rented out different rooms for their offices. Um and so there is a photograph taken that of like just the room, mm-hmm. and it the room was empty, and I believe it was like for some sort of marketing purpose. They were just like trying to take photos of the interior of the building, and then this very intense, crazy, scary, like she has like we'll post it on like Instagram. Um, yeah, but it's it's pretty horrifying. She's just like dressed in all black, and she has big like wild like black hair. And that lady was not there when the photo was taken, at least not I to the human if eye. That was like, I don't know why it would be, but um, it's wait, very did I clear. Say Martha Corey was killed. Um, it's it's very wife. clearly like like the f- photograph. It's super clear. It's not like oh, you see that like 
smudge or like that kind of looks like yeah. a, no it's a woman and she's fucking there. it's a woman it's horrifying um that that photo when i first saw it it's like ingrained in my brain forever um so visitors of the building claim um that they and they often complain about like a, a, fe- a heavy feeling in the air and ghost hunters regularly record high emf readings um within the building showing that something still lingers there there's and then there's the ghostly photograph of the woman that um and she is often just her presence is often described as like very angry and very vengeful i mean you can kind of tell by any of the women i know (laughs) i know um so yeah so then that's the joshua ward house um okay sorry i had a moment um the so now that the next haunting is the haunting of the ghost of giles Corey or giles Corey himself so giles Corey's spirit lingers at his unmarked grave in howard cemetery um according to legend he appears before terrible events as an omen of what's to come in 1914, several witnesses saw Corey wandering the cemetery just before the Great Salem Fire. Oh, wow. So he's often like the same guy appears no matter the decade or century mm-hmm. right before something terrible happens. Um, and then such sightings pretty much align with his final words, which I mean, he he put it like a he basically cursed both Sheriff Corwin and the city of Salem. Yeah. In his final moments. Um. <laughs> So Corey's death was no accident um, as he owned a great deal of land that would pass to his sons-in-law. See? I fucking... These people. Yeah. Like, it's just really... Some of it was just, like, out of boredom and other t- one accusations were purely, like, political and, like, Oh, conniving. let's jump on the bandwagon. I don't like this person. I mm-hmm. can accuse them of this right now and they'll die. Yeah. So, however, once accused of witchcraft... Entering a plea would have made his land um, forfeit to local government and, in turn, um, his enemies. Like, they wanted, they were after his land. Yeah. Corey pretty much held true to, like, he he stood his ground, um, and he is the only example of a pressing in American history. Mm -hmm. He was 80 years old. And he endured boulder after boulder being placed upon his naked body. He was naked with only a single plank of wood in between his body and the boulders being Mm -hmm. placed on top of him. Although um, Corwin demanded a plea, guilty or not guilty, Corey only ever replied, what a badass. He said, more weight (laughs) before passing after three days. So he died slowly. Yeah, very Um, slowly. But he also died with like um i don't know like integrity too like he just he yeah. wouldn't you know he he really stood his ground and he wouldn't um confess to witchcraft cuz i'm pretty sure that's not what he was doing and obviously like right. his accusation was purely political his torture led to the broader questioning of the trials and his curse long plagued the office of sheriff and essex county with blood ailments until the role was moved to middleton you know, I still think, I think that raven-haired woman could be his wife. Because she was Corwin's? hanged. Yeah, she was oh. hanged shortly after. Not Corwin's, Corey's. Giles Corey's, Corey's, oh. Martha Corey. She was hanged, like, I forget, like a couple weeks after he died. Oh, that's so sad. 
I mean, if I was his wife, I would be haunting that place too. Mm-hmm. Fucking bitches killed my husband. Yeah. It probably look yeah, like that too. They, yeah, that, that, the raven haired lady, she is a very, like, she's pissed off. Yeah. She is pissed off for sure. That's what people tell time and time again when they, like, experience her. Um, the next um, site is the Hawthorne Hotel. Oh, okay. This hotel takes its name from Salem resident and author Nathaniel Hawthorne, who is okay. most famous for writing The Scarlet Letter. In life, the renowned writer was haunted by the witch trials, and not in the way that you think. His uh, uncle, Jonathan Hathorne, was the only judge involved who never recanted his actions. That's right. Hawthorne even changed his last name to avoid being associated with the man. Not by much. He added a W. <laughs> yeah. um, Hathorne to Hawthorne. Yep. Um, but was still haunted by his relative's actions for the rest of his life. And the hotel, too, is haunted by its past as it stands upon the grounds of the former orchard of the witch trial's first victim, Bridget Bishop. Oh, Bridget. So where that hotel stands, there used to be an apple orchard. Okay. And that's where they hung Bridget Bishop. To this day, visitors to the Hawthorne Hotel report the smell of apples from the Phantom Orchard. There have been mists and uh, seen. There have been spectral sounds. There's a lot of poltergeist activity going on there, too. Um, and most of the activity occurs in rooms 325 and 612. Okay. If you want to visit and you want to get creepy. Is there a reason why it's those rooms? Um, I'm not sure why. I couldn't see why specifically it's those rooms. Because okay. a, a lot of the hauntings seem to most logically stem from the witch trials yeah and it's like so before the hotel was even a thing so i have no idea why it's those rooms um but visitors yeah um visitors often report um an unseen hand touching them oh they hear a baby's cries okay a ghostly baby's cries not just like Mm -hmm. you know there was (laughs) a woman who gave birth in prison um, and I think both she and her baby died. Oh, that's so sad. That makes me really, really Pretty sad. Pretty sure. Now I can't remember the name. But okay. um, particularly for like room 612, though, people often, oh my God, I would like have a heart attack. People often wake up to a woman just staring at them. Staring contest. Oh, yeah. You would win. <laughs> I would literally just pass away on the spot. That's it. <laughs> and then it'd be awkward because then my spirit's looking at them and they're like well shit i don't know but that was what would happen if i were <laughs> I baby chaser i now, ex- bitch <laughs> i would expire i'm like well now that we're <laughs> now that we're even <laughs> um but yeah so um meanwhile there's a um connected to the hotel there's turner seafood uh which is home to the spirit of a woman in white who appears in mirrors and messes with the electrical equipment a lot. Naughty girl. Mm-hmm. Keeps things interesting. <laughs> uh, and then there's, um, the lastly, there's Old Salem Jail. Which I think you can guess why it's haunted. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. um, the reputably haunted correctional facility played host to an estimated 50 hangings. Ugh. And enjoys a long and dark history. Enjoys Old it. Salem- 
enjoys it, <laughs> revels in it. Um, the Old Salem Jail was built in 1813, located next to the Howard Street Cemetery, where accused witch Giles Corey was crushed to death. Among the many inmates to be incarcerated in the prison, um, Albert DeSalvo, oh. more commonly known as the Boston Strangler, <laughs> was famously confined there. <laughs> And by 1984, conditions in the prison had deteriorated to such a level that a federal judge ordered the jail's closure. Oh, man. Like, things were so bad that they're like, wow. we, we can't go on. Yeah. <laughs> um, by 1984, conditions in the prison... Wait, I already read that sentence. I'm dumb. Um, so the closure... <laughs> the closure took place um, in, like, 1991. Oh, it took them time. Mm-hmm. Uh, until then, it had been the oldest operating prison in America, USA. I always want to say USA because America is like, it, it's so generalized, like it can mean any of the Americas. So yeah, USA. Um, there it sat abandoned, crumbling into ruin and collecting ghost stories as the years passed. Visitors to the old Salem jail report sightings of dark apparitions wandering the empty corridors and rooms of the prison. Mysterious lights were sometimes spotted shining from within, Ugh. even though it was like supposed to be closed. Mm -hmm. And unearthly screams were heard echoing from the thick granite walls. Aww. Today, after an extensive renovation, the structure has been turned into luxury apartments. <laughs> okay. Of which I will never live in. Okay. <laughs> and the spirits of Old Salem Jail appear to be at rest for the time being, that is. Which okay. is kind of weird because usually when renovations happen, that's when things stir up. But maybe they're right. like happy that it's just no longer a jail. Yeah. Like it but probably doesn't look like the place that traumatized them so much. Yeah. So they're able to move on. I don't know. But those are just a very small, you know, handful of haunted places in Salem. Right. Tied to the Salem Witch Trials. And then again, I'm sure there's probably that entire town is probably haunted. Different yeah, areas. Um, I I really want to visit Salem one day, but oh also, God. also I'm, <laughs> I I I just like think of people who like live there. Like all the power to you. Like, but if you're sensitive, like I am, and maybe not so comfortable with how sensitive you are, mm -hmm. like I am, um, it would be very overwhelming for me. I think like yeah, obviously people might be desensitized to it, uh, but it just sounds so spiritually like paranormally charged right and even just emotionally just that's a huge like emotional trauma that that land has going through those witch trials so oh yeah it's what's interesting is like so because i know i have ancestors that go back to then um mm -hmm. it wasn't until more recently when i was building my family tree that i thought well you know they all went to massachusetts so did I know anyone involved in these witch trials? Like mm -hmm. anyone accused or killed or an accuser or anything like that. And I'm yeah. still um, still building my tree a little bit. I have most of the people during that time frame. I, I think I have. There's so many like lines that go up the further up you mm -hmm. go. But um, the closest I've come so far is um, Elizabeth Howe was married to someone in my family. Oh, So she, because cool. I have an Elizabeth Howe. So you're related to her by marriage. Yeah. 
that I can see so far. But see, that's another one of those things that I want to go a little bit further back because mm-hmm. we're in Massachusetts, late 1600s. We might have an ancestor somewhere further up. Oh, I would because be they all yeah. intermarried, but um, it's just it's interesting because then I I do think about the whole, you know, whether you look at it scientifically or um, spiritually, the idea of having your ancestors' DNA within you and holding yeah. trauma and things like that. Um, I've always had a strong interest in it. Hmm. And I've, I don't know, I guess I always wondered, was that more than just like, just an interest? Or is that something that was a part of somebody in my family a long time ago? I don't right. Know. Like, is it morbid curiosity right. or are you actually spiritually tied to it? Right. I bet you are. Like, if your ancestors go all the way back, like, I would not be surprised. Yeah. It probably just gets like so much intermarrying that the kind of history of it maybe is a little muddled but totally because i know like i said um i'm related to william brewster from the mayflower and mm-hmm. if you look him up like descendants of william brewster there's so many so right. so so many through him i'm related to like celebrities and shit like distantly mm-hmm. <laughs> like i can't call them up and be like hey fam <laughs> let right, me come yeah. over um <laughs> But yeah, like I, I wouldn't be surprised. But it is an interesting so cool. thing to think about, and it's, I think yeah. doing this episode was kind of reinvigorated my interest in that. Cool. And looking into it. Yeah, I um again, I'll say if we get enough Patreon members, maybe we'll take a trip to Salem and do an episode based on it. That'd be so Fuck, cool. I want to go so bad. Oh, I want to go so so bad. We have to go during Halloween time. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. In October. Yeah. <laughs> Must. Like, not only is New yep. England just gorgeous in the fall. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's, like, stupid how gorgeous it is. I don't know if you follow the guy. Oh, yeah. um, he's a photographer, and he was the one that did that. I posted on our uh, – maybe it was on my personal story, like, the Dreams by Fleetwood Mac, and he's he's wearing a jack-o'-lantern on his head and he has a pump oh, of yeah, spice yeah. latte and he just dumps it on himself mm-hmm. but no um okay his i finally found his handle um his instagram handle and i think it's the same on tiktok and maybe other platforms but it's simply kjp like his initials and he's a photographer and he photographs just he lives in new england with his wife and his adorable golden retriever and the photos and videos are just oh amazing it's just honestly like new england autumnal feels is i mean i guess just new england so in general pretty. but um he takes gorgeous photography it's i follow a so lot of like pretty. halloween themed pages and a lot of them live in um like definitely massachusetts but like new england in general and mm-hmm. i just live for their yeah. autumn <laughs> posts they're so pretty i know it's so beautiful um yeah, if you are in New England and you have a pretty pic that you take, just send it to us. It's just, like pretty and autumnal. Like we're all for it. Like DM us it. Yeah, because yeah, I'm a, I love New England. Love it, love it, love it. So gorgeous. Um, I would move there in a heartbeat if I could. I know. I would. It would be quite an adjustment to deal with winters, like real winters. <laughs> yeah, as a Californian and a Caribbean girl, but um. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I'd get used to it, if 
But yes, yes, New England is gorgeous. Um, we'll definitely go someday. Set on it. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, guys, I really that want is to. that's our episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We have two more episodes this month. Oh, and our listeners. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and our listener stories episode, which might be interesting because we're a little low on listener stories. Um, Yes. um, We're in a little bit of a story drought. So please send stories in. Um, I know this is going to come out, like, I I think the day after the listeners episodes for October comes out. But for November... Like, please send stories in. We're kind of running low. Not going to lie. And we just, we love hearing from you guys. Even if you have, like, yeah, a question or, you know, you just want to share with us, like, your story of how you became a witch or any sort of spooky, weird stories. We'd love to hear them. So, anyways, um, so, yeah, coming up this month, we'll have, uh, Laura will be covering Halloween slash Samhain mm-hmm. next week. And then the week after oh, that, yeah. I will cover Dia de los Muertos, and it's going to be awesome. And yeah, guys, so if you'd like to um, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, we're, we are um, at The New Witches. You can also find us on Facebook under The New Witches Podcast. And if you'd like to support the show, um, we do have a Patreon. It um, helps us improve the show, um, the quality of the audio. Um, your guys' experience as well as creating more of the content that you guys love. Um, you can find us patreon.com slash the new witches. And as a Patreon member, you will receive exclusive benefits. Um, and we have a lot of fun things in the works there for Patreon. So it's going to just keep getting better too. Um, oh yeah. And with it, um, depending on your tier, uh, you can get a free reading from me. Yes. Which is like awesome. That's new. <laughs> Laura is amazing and intuitive and yeah. Um we used to have readings. We haven't had them in a while and um we've put them we've brought them back to Patreon so you'll get a private reading from Miss Laura. Yes. Um so yeah guys, uh let's see what else. Um oh, to submit your listener stories, uh you can do so on our website thenewwitches.com and you can go to our contact page we have a submission form there or if you want to just email it to us directly you can do so at thenewwitches at gmail.com mm-hmm. um thank you so much for listening guys i'm maria i'm laura stay witchy and keep it creepy bye bye mm-hmm.